As an entrepreneur or aspiring entrepreneur, how can you ensure the success of your business and your quality of life? This is Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. This program will help you to identify and make necessary changes in your life and your business. You'll find the challenges that you're facing and solutions in the examples of lifelong business owners who have entrepreneurship in their DNA. You'll also learn from experts who've transformed their mindset and skills to become industry leaders. And now, here's your host, Hemda Mizrahi. Welcome to Turn the Page. I'm Hemda Mizrahi. I'm thrilled to be joined today by Amanda Barr. Amanda is the Director of Business Development at RTB Financial Group. RTB is a California-based financial advisory firm that serves individuals and groups in a range of industries, including business owners and entrepreneurs. We're going to focus our conversation on top pointers for startups, business owners, and also aspiring entrepreneurs to ensure that you're teed up financially to navigate both the turns that you can plan for and those that are unexpected as you run your enterprise. Amanda, welcome to the show. I appreciate so much that you're here to share your expertise. Well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm very excited about this opportunity and, and being able to share this time with you. I'd like to share a disclosure before we jump into our conversation. RTB Financial Group and Insurance Services is not a subsidiary or affiliate of Mass Mutual Life Insurance Company or its affiliate companies. I'd love to jump right in and talk about the first pointer that you and I discussed, Amanda, before the show, which is reverse engineering your goals. It would be great if you could describe what this process involves and also at what point in your work with clients you invite them to do this exercise. Yeah, great. You know, reverse engineering goals is kind of that mindset of begin with the end in mind. Usually people have a goal or something that they want to accomplish and actually seeing what that end point is and actually working backwards. Begin with the end in mind actually comes from the seven habits of highly effective people. That's a great book. Definitely refer people to read that. And this idea of what, why, how, when, and who. It's a lot. What, who, what, why, how, when, and who. And this is something we actually do with our clients right off the get-go because everybody has a plan. They actually have three types of plans. They have the plan they, they think they have. They have a plan they want to have. And then they have the plan they actually have. If you're meeting with a client, I would guess that looking at reverse engineering, so saying where you want to be, what time frame do you use? Do you say one year from now, three years from now, five years from now? Yeah, and that's really based, you know, it's what we our work is so individual. So we're really asking that client when they're sitting across or we're having the conversation and saying, well, when do you want to have that? When would you like to have this part of your business, you know, accelerate to this amount? Or when would you like to start your business? And then how much money are you going to need? How many people? What is that going to look like? And then there's a couple like the why behind that we talk about. But that's really that individual, the purpose, the drive, the motivation that's going to push that how, when, and what to actually happen. 
And then the beauty of it is the who. And that's, you know, individuals like you, Hemda, that are coaching people along and and myself that are going to be the cheerleaders on the side and say, yeah, you can get there if it be one year, two years, five years. On the financial side, we do look a little bit heavy on the financials of, well, if you need 100000 how long will it take to get us there? And what things need to be put in place daily, weekly, monthly that will have you achieve that goal in the time frame desired? So basically, it sounds like it's a, a very customized approach that it's not as much of a template that you're using, but more so you have a very in-depth conversation with your clients to take a look at what they're thinking in terms of their goals, what down the line in whatever time frame that might be, whether it's the next few months, whether it's a year, two years, three years or more. And then you're going backwards and taking a look at how that person can get there, what is reasonable for them to be able to integrate as a plan in order to achieve those goals. Exactly. And I think people could actually, they won't, they could do this on their own. But it is kind of nice to have that accountability, the who, the team of people that are are helping ensure these things do come true. I know a lot of people have goals and desires. And when you, you are by yourself, you can do it 100%. But it is kind of nice to have that accountability and be able to say, okay, I'm on track. Okay, I'm not. What do I need to do to get back on track? Amanda, if we went through the the what, the why, the how, the when, the who, can you offer us an example of what it's like to go through that process? I don't know if you can maybe confidentially share an illustration so that we can get in a really concrete way. Yeah, sure. I think that um, I could give just a, an example. Um, obviously, I want to keep the confidentiality of, of clients, but I could say if I wanted to start a company, the what is I want to start a company. I have a desire. The The reason why usually there's a a problem that is wanted to be solved. So let's take, for example, I want to start a small, let's say it's a, a firm that does like CRM. It's a, it's something that's going to help people grow their business. And I really have a passion for it because I work with people and I see that a lot of companies aren't fulfilling that. So, okay, I've got my what and my why is my passion to solve problems for others. So then it's like, how? And when? So I would like to have this company. Now, I may have a current role somewhere else. So I'm going to have to do this maybe on evenings and weekends. And I think I could get it done potentially in maybe a year or two. But how much is it going to cost me? So now the research goes in and I might need 10, 20, 30,000 to create a website and an app and all the different components, the legal aspects. So now I go, well, how much am I making a month? Where can I supplement and how long would it take me to save for that? And what can I do for free now to get started? And then go into who do I need on my team to make this happen? Okay, I need a developer. I need somebody that probably knows some finance. I probably need somebody that knows the legal side so they can help me make sure that I'm protected and I'm protecting others' information. And then it cycles back through. I got to keep my why there because if not, I may, I may derail. So keeping the, the purpose and the drive going while you're in the middle of this process. So you really help your clients set up the foundational pieces while your focus is looking at the financial aspect and helping them plan for that. 
you still offer a framework that helps them to think through the various aspects of starting a business, including building the team. Right. That costs money. You know, sometimes you might have a good friend that, that will do stuff pro bono, and a lot of people do. But at some point, it's going to be worth being able to delegate these things so that business owner can do what they're really powerful and they're built to do. And that allows other people to take on roles that they can do very well and that that business owner can really flourish and grow the business even more. Based on the experience that you've had working with both people who are starting businesses and those who have established businesses, can you offer in this first aspect that you're talking about in terms of reverse engineering goals, a couple of tips? Yeah, of course, I'd love to. I think one of the tips I would say is that, you know, when you're setting goals, obviously we we want to do so much, but be realistic. Be realistic with your work, time, family balance. What is that really going to look like? What are you really responsible for? And don't beat yourself up. I think a, a lot of times we set these high goals and if we're not able to achieve them by the time we're able to achieve them, we kind of go, oh, you know, I didn't do it. I would say, don't beat yourself up. Say, what can I do better next time? How can I move this forward? What is the one step I can take if I don't have the 30 minutes to an hour I allotted to that it can take this forward? It's amazing how many baby steps add up to something huge if we're just taking them. Right. So that's an interesting thing that you're bringing up, which is about the time frame that it takes to accomplish your goals in business. And even when you lay out plans, there are challenges involved in terms of sticking to the precise plans that you bring up. So it seems like ultimately you're suggesting based on having seen many scenarios of business owners that it's important just to integrate small pieces and then just adjust your timeframes as you need to so that whatever you're building is sustainable for you and for your family or your business partners. Right. And I would say keep the plan near. A lot of people make like beautiful marketing plans and beautiful goal plans and all these steps, but they never go back to it and look at it. What did they actually say they were going to do? What was put down? What were the steps? And I think if you're doing a little bit every day, it's just in, starts to get ingrained. It becomes a habit. But if you're starting off new and this isn't a habit, I would say taking that time to have that information near you so you can review it and say, okay, did I hit X, Y, and Z today? And if I didn't, where can I hit it tomorrow? And what can I do tomorrow to make sure I take that, those steps I need to take? So once you have a plan laid out with these goals and you identify steps toward achieving the goals, how often would you recommend that a business owner or entrepreneur revisit that document? I would say probably if it's really something that's in the first, if it's a one-year time frame, I would probably be looking at that maybe weekly just to make sure am I hitting the points? Am I on track with my daily, weekly, monthly goals? If it's a three-year, five-year goal, I would say probably every six months, maybe three to six months, just making sure am I taking those strides toward the goal? And do you have clients who come back to you and say, there are major changes that just happened in my life or in my work or in my industry, and I need to reconstruct this plan? <laughs> yes, I think that we live in an ever-changing world and it's going fast. And even though we may have a beautiful plan today, that plan may need to be altered. And what's beautiful actually about our industry in and of itself, we sit down with our clients once a year, even though we create these great plans and everything's set today, life changes happen. People have babies, people go
go to have kids, they go to college, they might change jobs. So we actually, in our professional field in the financial realm, we make sure to sit down every year with our clients to make sure that plan is still meeting the needs and the desires and the goals that are in place for now and 30, 40, 50 years from now. And if it's not, then we can go ahead and reevaluate and make changes along the way. So that's the continuum. Essentially, there are a lot of different things that you establish with your clients at the onset of your relationship. And then you have that yearly touch point. And obviously, if it's necessary, then it might be more than a yearly touch point, more frequent than that. Correct. Correct. And it's so important. I think a lot of people in our industry, they help people out and then they are invisible and they don't they don't keep in contact. And that's probably the most important thing is life changes and how do we move through that and people retire and what does that look like after and how does all that planning transition into something that's new and different. So as you're working with your clients on the financial planning aspect, and I know that you address a lot of other issues in that context, but the core focus is helping them to figure out the financials in a way that hopefully is as realistic as possible. What are the other areas that you focus on? So you work with them on reverse engineering their goals and the planning process. And then within that planning, depending on the kind of business structure they have also, there are other aspects that you address with them. Right. In a nutshell, it's really about kind of looking at it as a house. And a house has a foundation. And and one of the essential parts of the financial plan is the foundation. And making sure if you, some people come in and they don't have a foundation, they haven't planned, and that's okay. That happens all the time. So we look at really laying the foundation of their financial house and then constructing the house in a way that looks and functions the way they want. So whatever those goals that they have, the five-year, the 10-year, the 20-year, do they have kids? Do they have a business? What are all these components? And and then how can we build this financial house to function in the manner that, that will be best for them? And just like in any house, upgrades need to happen and additions need to be put on. Maybe we clean out that room because it might be a little bit of a mess. So we can come in even if somebody has a foundation and we just see what could be missing, what gaps are there, and how can we be of value and kind of bring everything together. You take into account then the personal aspects. What is important to your clients in terms of their family life and how their family life might change, as you mentioned, if they have children? Right if they have grandchildren or there are other aspects of their home life that are going to affect their financial situations. And especially when you have a business owner that is, it is their baby, they're running the business and anything that really is happening in that business. And you'll, you could talk to numerous business owners across the United States and they'll all say what happens in that business. If they're the sole breadwinner of the family, it's going to come back to the family and have an impact. So how can we, kind of bridge that and put some protection and things in place that God forbid if something happened in the business, it's not going to affect the home. And there can be that peace of mind and kind of a an understanding that I'm going to be taking care of, my family's going to be okay, so I don't have to worry and I can really thrive in my business and do what I'm good at so I'm not worrying. Kind of taking that worry a little bit out. I think people will worry regardless, but what if we could 
reduced a lot of that because a lot of people worry about money in, in many regards. You probably run into this too, people having conversations about it. Absolutely. You want to take a look at all of the issues that if you clear them up and you bring some organization to them and people feel at ease, that they're addressing them in a way that is sustainable over time and not so burdensome, as you're saying, then you can really focus on building your business. Correct. And I think that a lot of people want to just really do well and be successful, but really have that time also for their family. You know, I was at a conference recently and there was these women and they were all 85 to 90 years old and they were called Forever Young was the group. That's what they called them. And they were doing big things at, at, at their age. And they, they asked them, well, what would you have done if you could have gone back in time since you're so successful and you're still writing memoirs and running businesses at 90 years old? And they said, I wish I could have spent more time with my family. And, you know, it really just hit, hit home. Like, wow, they've got so much knowledge, wisdom, and time under their belt, and that's what they shared. What do you, so what do you think the difference is, actually? Because certainly that's something that comes up a lot, whether you're employed by an organization or whether you're self-employed. That quality of life piece has become so critical, and it's something that people actually have more of an expectation around including that in their work lives, making sure that happens. So what is the difference? You talked about the peace of mind of addressing financial considerations so that you're at ease and then you can hopefully shift gears also to be at the games with your kids or whatever important activities are happening or just spend quiet time together. What is the difference, do you think, between having more family time and not as an entrepreneur? I think that, you know, this is the struggle that a lot a lot of people, even, even those in our industry, um, have and that, that desire to be at a certain level and trying to get there. And and I think that one thing we do with our clients, which is really nice, is there's a financial priorities kind of column. And I would definitely suggest anybody listening to this, create a, a column that says financial priorities. What in life are your financial priorities? What are you responsible for? What do you need to take care of? And then what are your lifestyle priorities? And this is an area that sometimes we don't really think about but can be really powerful and especially in our financial planning. Cause if you want to take trips with your family and you want to have those times away, you know, the things that are happening in life, we can control a lot, but what about the what ifs? What are the what ifs that we can't control that happen that might start taking away from our lifestyle priorities, things that we really want to be able to do. And we're now down to the bare bones of what are my financial priorities and what do I have to do? And what if we could plan so both of those you could rest assured and then know that through your business and and running these goals and doing the things you want, you can also take that time away to be with the family that you care about or the organizations you care about volunteering. People have so many different things they love to do. Right. So from a quality of life point of view and spending more time with the family point of view, if you can outline what your priorities are you can incorporate them in that whole reverse engineering process. Right. And and what is that going to look like? And I think sometimes we don't we don't take the time uh, I don't think to really think about what do we want. <laughs> we we run run run, but what do we really want? What do we want to create? You you know, having that understanding that I actually can create the life I want and 
all I need to do is to take action and put people in my life that would help me make this happen. And, you know, I think this is, this is such a powerful concept that a lot of us know, but we may not do. Amanda, if you had to identify two of the most common financial pitfalls that you find people run into that you address time and time again in your work, what would those be? I think one is it's going to be okay. A lot of times that things happen in life and we don't want to think about like the three D's, disability, divorce, and death. And hopefully two of those won't happen, but one is going to happen. So I think that the, I guess the place that would be a pitfall is just not not actually facing those head on and saying, well, what if some, what if one of these happened and what am I going to do? And actually having those uncomfortable conversations with family, with your business partner, with those that are around you of the what ifs, what if this happens and what are we going to do? And what can we do now to make sure that's going to be all taken care of so we don't have to worry about it? So when you take a look at planning for those kinds of what ifs and you brought up the issue of having a partner. And if you do have a partner in your business, whether that partner is your spouse or another family member or just someone else who you're not related to, can you walk us through that a little bit, what what the different scenarios might be that you want to plan for? Sure, sure. I mean, and I, I we talked a little bit about it. I, I see this, you know, business is you're, you're married to your business at times and you're also married to your partner in a business marriage. And these conversations of, you know, the comfortable conversations, it's all great and amazing at the beginning, all the ideas are flowing and the how we're going to do it and we're going to be so successful. And then there's also those uncomfortable topics that do need to be addressed. And then also just to kind of point out the, the documentation that it's so important and we find that so many businesses actually don't have the written documentation, both verbal and written, that are put in place to make sure that whatever happens, the what-ifs that we're going to go through are going to be taken care of. And some of those what-ifs are, what if the business actually is not successful? And what if it doesn't work? So what's going to be put in place ahead of time? So one, the friendship, the family, all people are going to be able to leave empowered and things happen. And, you know, how can we leave people empowered instead of being upset or anything happening along the way that wasn't anticipated? Another one would be, what if my partner gets disabled? Or what if I, as the business owner as well, get disabled? Are they going to be able to function in the business? Are they going to be able to continue on? Or would we have to close shop? So what could I put in place to make sure that we could keep running if they're out for a month or if they're out for a year or if they're out for two or more years? So what what would that look like? You had talked about the three D's, like if you become disabled, your partner becomes disabled. If you become divorced or your partner becomes divorced and maybe their spouse is involved in the business, if there's death (laughs) along the lines of any of the partners of the business, so those kinds of scenarios. Yeah, and even if somebody retires. Or someone wants to exit the business. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, like you said, exiting. Like if somebody says, you know, I, I love you guys, <laughs> I'm out. Um, what if they retire? What if they're, you the company or any type of legal issue happens? If somebody gets sued or if the company gets sued, like 
um, you know, this is all risk management kind of conversation. So how do we plan and manage for risk that maybe is not seen and sometimes not talked about, but can be vital in the success of a business if those conversations are, are had earlier? And even if they're not, let's say you're 10 years into the business, guess what? Today is the best day to start the conversation. I think sometimes people think, oh, we've been in business together for 15 years. It doesn't matter. But what if it does matter? And what if that conversation could have avoided a lot of hurt, chaos, or any type of fallout of the company? And do you ask your clients to consider these different scenarios and then discuss them amongst themselves and come up with some ideas for how they want to handle it? We do that or we kind of talk together. I, I think we there's a, a, a balance. You know, we're sitting in a meeting with the business owners and sometimes it can be not so easy to talk about. So sometimes it is where we talk about it at a surface level. They may go back and talk about it at a deeper level and we'll come back and really have a full conversation. The conversations are built around comfort level. People will tell us, whatever they feel comfortable telling us, the more information we have, the better we can help them. So I think it's about being open and understanding that, you know, that person is like those in our position. If you trust them and they're there to help, it's probably better they know more information than less. Right. And there are certain aspects of these what ifs that have financial considerations and then other aspects that a lawyer would really get more involved in. Correct helping them to ensure is documented. And even a CPA, I mean, you've got, and then there's also the PNC that uh, have different protections and things that are in businesses that they need. So yeah, it's a whole team. I call it my center of influence wheel. And when we come into a, a situation, I bring the whole wheel with me. So we have a whole team of people, either internal or external that can be at their resource. And if they have people they're working with, if it be an attorney, a CPA, we say, let's bring them in. Like, let's bring everybody together and we're going to make this, you know, be exactly what you want, what your goals are, what you want to accomplish and how we can make sure that this runs the way you had envisioned. Right. So that's an important issue as well. When you have coordination amongst the different professional services providers, who are important to the success of the business. And it's so key. And it's so important that there is that connector somewhere in the mix. And obviously, I'm not going to work with everybody. So I think finding that person for you for as a business owner, knowing who those people are and who your connector is, it can be really powerful and help, you know, just bring another sense of, understanding and cohesiveness for the team that you've created. And it's it sounds like those end of life conversations that so many people don't have. But if you work on preparing, then when the time comes for decision making, the person involved, obviously, their voice is heard, their voice is strong. And as someone who's a business owner, a partner in a business, you want to make sure that if there are times where you can contribute your voice at a later point, then at least you establish your preferences very clearly when you can. Yeah, that ability to speak freely is something that is something that most people probably wish they had. So to open those doors up to to be able to openly share is really something powerful and powerful for a partnership, powerful for you know a couple. 
sometimes one person might be the the person that pays the bills and runs the finances. But what if you actually brought those you know, the ideas and the conversations together? What else could be possible? How else could be that this be empowered? And and I do have to say, I know we're talking about really tough things a little bit. We have fun with our clients. This this is a process. This is something that takes time and is kind of molded and shaped and and really, you know, the client is an active part of it. We're an active part of it. And, you know, we laugh and have a good time, even though it is serious and so crucial and important. I could see how also what you're talking about, definitely, as you mentioned, brings a sense of relief when you have that planning process in place and it brings people closer together Hopefully there are less barriers when it comes to communicating and working together if you can iron out these patches that can be a little bit hard to talk about. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. I think that most people grunt coming into the conversation and they're so thankful leaving and they usually say, I wish we would have done this sooner. And I think that those that are listening, I hope you're taking action now, not saying I wish we would have done this sooner now is the best time as any. Right. And sometimes also the professional services that you engage, whether they're accounting services or legal services or financial services, don't always bring together all of the different partners in the process. So I think that's a wonderful framework that you have, that you think of it in a very comprehensive way and look at all of the different facets of a person's life that factor into their financial planning for their businesses and the major players involved, whether they're players that you might recommend or refer, or ones who have been working with the business owner, just making sure that everyone's communicating and, and people know each other also, so that as you're addressing issues moving forward, it's a more seamless process. Yeah. One thing I wanted to add is that I asked about tips for established business owners and then those for startups, and it seems as though actually... You provided information that's really relevant universally, regardless of what stage of your business you're in. Because if you started a business many years ago, there are certain practices maybe that you did without. There, there are some businesses that have been started decades ago that are still proprietorships and never got incorporated. Right? There's so many different measures that people are taking now that are different from what you might have done years ago and you could have been running a very successful business for years. But the issue is that it's important also to be mindful of what are the things that you need to revisit in our current climate. And I think it's very powerful to even have a second set of eyes, look over maybe a plan that has been in place for one year, 10 years, 20 years and say, you know, sometimes we look at plans and, and what they have in place and we say, hey, everything looks great. All the best to you. We're, we'd love to be a resource for you if anything comes up and we stay in communication. And, you know, sometimes you'll see that there are opportunities of, hey, did you guys look at this? Have you guys talked about that? And I think that it doesn't matter really, like you said, how long have you been in business? Having a second opinion is always, always good. You know, we talked about also this issue of spending time with family, incorporating your quality of life goals. And also looking at the what ifs. And one of the what ifs that we started to talk about that I think relates to both quality of life and also partnership is taking a look at at what point you as a business owner 
might want to exit your right. business. <laughs> Looking at that whole decision. So is there something that you can say about that in terms of offering suggestions? Well, I think it's um, important if you're thinking about potentially exiting and having a conversation actually almost two years ahead of time, because there's a lot of things that can be put in place to bolster an exit that some people usually don't kind of look at. And I think that is one thing is kind of what do you make and what do you want to keep? How would you like to continue that stream of income? Is it a possibility at the time you are? Who is this business going to go to? And is that a family? How is it going to you know, survive? Or is it going to just close? And or are you going to sell? And, you know, these things are all, all very important, especially for somebody retiring and looking at, well, what do I want my retirement? And sometimes I don't even like to call it retirement, I like to call it rewire, because a lot of people will leave their business, but they actually end up doing something else if it be charitable or whatever. So really, how do we rewire? And, I, and an idea of a runway, seeing how far, you know, if you've got six to 12 months, what does that runway look like? And what is in place as you're getting ready to take out of the business or take go into a business? Well, how much do you need to do? What are the different components financially? What is the structure and how, how does that need to be taken care of before an exit? Right. So you want to look at it across the span of a continuum in a very thoughtful way so that you could attend to some considerations that maybe you wouldn't have thought of otherwise. Correct. Yep. I mean, it's it's kind of like you think about a personal trainer. Everybody knows how to work out. You know, everybody can go to the gym and work out. But when you have that personal trainer, they really get you prepared and, and amped up for something that you want. And if it be an exit, we're training you for that exit. And what does that look like? And I think, Hemda, you're an integral part of that. Having people that can coach you along the way. And what is that transition going to look like? Are you going to transition to another business? Is that business going to stay in place? What's going to be your role? What's going to be your role as soon as you say, I'm going to exit to when you actually exit? These are all very important. And financially, what is that going to look like for your family? What is it going to look like coming out of the business? There's a lot of reality checking that happens in that process when you're fleshing out the different issues. And sometimes people decide to make a different type of decision If they want to lessen their involvement, then it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to be at the point of exit, but they can figure out other ways where there's less of a burden in terms of their time commitment and other resources. Yeah, it's so it's so imperative and it can be so empowering, too. I think sometimes if you've been married to your business for many years and you think, you know, some people will they just don't want to leave and some people are like, I'm done. So how can you have that balance? And really on the financial side, do you want the, I think the most important thing is, do you want to have that business continue without you there? And, or do you want to close shop and, or what do you want your family life to look like? It's not, you know, sometimes it's not about what you make, it's what you keep. So we have that conversation. So what are you keeping? What's going to be yours? What are you going to give to your family? What's the legacy you want to leave? And what legacy do you want to live? Right. So you're taking a look at what your financial return on investment is, and that could come incrementally if it looks like it makes sense to work out some kind of arrangement where there's still an ongoing cash flow that's coming from your business, even though you might restructure what your role is or what your ownership is in the business. 
And in other cases, you're taking a look at implications for the family when it comes to the financial aspects of your business and whether or not there's going to be continuity and there are family members who might, if not now at a later point, be interested in playing some kind of role. And you know, something else I would like to add is when you plan for an exit or retirement, I would say actually starting earlier is so much better. I know that actually the actual exit, if you do about two years ahead of time, you can get people on board to really help that. But if you're thinking about retirement and what money do I want to have, if we have a longer runway, let's say 10 years, 20 years, we actually can bolster that exit even more because we've done the right planning ahead of time. So anywhere in the spectrum, we can do this. But the earlier, if you're brand new in the business and you, you're doing well and you're like, I want to take care of everything. I want to make sure when I leave, I'm going to have X, Y, and Z. This can be really powerful to start sooner, even if you're not thinking about leaving now. Right. It makes sense because you're taking a look at also what are the different income streams that you might have over time if you take a look at where you're going to be at retirement age and what might come in if you if you have investments and other sources of income at that point, then it gives you a little bit more perspective on what's required of you in the years leading up to it. Exactly. Is there anything else that you want you would want to add from a financial perspective in terms of just looking at this whole strategy around exiting and how you can optimize your financial situation? I think it's just mostly the, the, the goals. I mean, this is where the uniqueness of what we do comes into play. Because I could sit here and give you an example, but that might not fit every person listening to the show. So I would say really sitting down with somebody and finding out what does that look like for you? What does that look like for your family? What is, what is this going to mean for you on an exit? And how much timeline do we have? Do we have a year? Do we have 10 years? Do we have 20 years? Uh, so now it becomes a very unique process uh, that you can go through with somebody and it can be very powerful and the sooner the better. And if not, today's the best day. <laughs> and how do you factor in a cushion for some of the unknowns? If you could maybe offer a couple of examples. Uh, that's all built around different types of um, strategies that we use in the financial industry. I don't like to, you know, talk products because we really talk about it as a strategy. But there are different things that you can can put in place to protect against disability, both for the individual and the business. Obviously, if somebody passes, there can be many things put in place to bolster the business as well as the family. And obviously, if there's a divorce, having the legal aspects in place of what does that look like? Who's going to be the new partner? Can you buy the other partner out if somebody retires? What's been put in place so that person can leave powerfully and with the amount of money they feel like they deserve and want and some of that stuff. So I think that it's best to have a conversation because people sometimes when they hear products, they go, oh, God, that's not for me. (laughs) But they don't even know what the benefit of what it can do for them. So it sounds like what you're talking about essentially then is based on the specifics of the situation you might discuss alternatives that are contingencies that can help to address some of the unknowns that come in. Some of those have to do with financial product options, and then others have to do with the specifications that you'll put into your legal documentation about what if this happens, then this is what we would resort to. This is what we would do. Exactly. And as similar as everybody's situation seems to be, it really is very unique because everybody has a different 
profile, their, their business is unique, their family is unique, and there's all these different pieces that come into play. And it becomes this beautiful picture when it's all together. And that's where we love to be, is putting the whole picture together and saying, this is how it all works. Well, I want to congratulate you on, on what you do, because I think it's such a valuable service to have this opportunity to sit with people who are interested in you personally, as well as the success of your business and who take such a comprehensive approach to help you to have a safe place where you can talk about all of the issues in ways that are different than if you just discuss it amongst yourselves as a business team. Sometimes you really need to have the context of a professional who also has a lot of insight from working with other clients and seeing so many different scenarios. And you can share alternatives that people really wouldn't know about otherwise. So thank you for this framework that you're sharing with us and also for the work that you do. I appreciate it. It's been an honor. Thank you for, for giving me the opportunity to share what we're passionate about and helping other people. And I hope that those listening were took a few nuggets away, even if it's just one that will help them in their future. Well, it's important also to feel that you're working with people who have a very caring approach. And so that to me is coming across in the style that you do your work and how you identify and talk about the different issues that come up. I want to, along those lines, extend an invitation that you kindly extended for listeners of the show. Amanda is offering a complimentary financial review both for business owners and also for those who are looking to transition into entrepreneurship. And you can reach out to her to discuss this opportunity and also learn more about the variety of services that RTB provides by going to rtbfinancialgroup.com. And that's R like Ralph, T like Tom, B like boy, financialgroup.com. I'd also like to welcome you if you have comments or unanswered questions about today's episode, to share them by emailing me at hosthemda at gmail.com. You can also share comments and questions by following me on Twitter at Hemda Mizrahi and liking us on Facebook at Life and Career Choices. Until next time, as always, remember to make the grass greener where you are. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, inviting you to turn the page. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Turn the Page. Turn the Page is sponsored in part by Life and Career Choices, Inc. Host Hemda Mizrahi invites you to email her at hosthemda at gmail.com to explore becoming a sponsor or affiliate of the show. Until next time, make one change that will benefit your life and your business.